Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Well, we are continuing to look at the lists that Paul, lists plural, that Paul gives us in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, three of them, and all of them have nine items. The first one is a list of nine hardships and trials that Paul himself suffered as a minister of Jesus Christ. The second one is a list of the nine graces or enablements that we need in order to overcome suffering. And the third one, the one we're working on now, is nine paradoxes of ministry. Paul applies these to himself first. He certainly lived a perplexing life in many ways, but they apply to others as well. In fact, what I really think we have in all of these lists is that in all three lists, each of the nine items apply first and foremost directly to the Apostle Paul, but secondly to ministers, faithful ministers of the gospel except for the hardships in which some of those are unique to Paul, or at least not unique, but are rare, such as imprisonments. And so that doesn't apply to all ministers. But the hardships apply to ministers. But in the third place, I think there's an application for all of the items and all of these lists to all Christians. And so we have to think about that as we go through these lists. This is Paul writing about himself and what he has experienced and what he has learned, but it is also Paul who is helping other ministers of the gospel to be prepared for difficulty in their ministry, but nevertheless, what they need in order to be faithful and fruitful in the work that God has called them to. But there are applications for all believers, every Christian needs to understand these things and to realize how they apply to your life. So keep that in mind as we continue through these lists. I pause now to welcome you to the Monday, February 12, or February 20, rather, Beacon Broadcast, and remind you that we are dependent upon the gifts of radio listeners like you. The paradoxes, list number three, are given to us in verses 8, 9, and 10, and they are as follows. And all of these are they're, they're pairs of contrasts. That's what makes them a paradox. It almost sounds like I'm saying paradoxes are pairs, as if the word paradox has the word pair in it, and it doesn't. That's not where that pair comes from. 
but a paradox does require at least two items because it is a comparison and contrast. A paradox is something that seems to be a contradiction but is actually true. And so now we are looking at these beginning at verse 8. Paul says, His ministry was carried out by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying, and behold, we live, as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. As we started into this list last week, I suggested to you that it divides into two different parts. You can take the list of nine, and the first four are paradoxes of reputation, and the last five are paradoxes of circumstances. And in regard to paradoxes of reputation, what do we have? We have, number one, the foibles of honor. By honor and dishonor, both apply. Both are experienced. They were by Paul. They are by, I'm confident, all ministers, all faithful ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and to some extent, every Christian, because that applied to our Lord, who said the same thing and told us to expect the same thing. He was honored by some and dishonored by others, and of course, we've been through that, so I won't go back to it again, but just keep that in mind. The whole idea of being honored is a very a very shaky proposition in this world for a child of God. The only honor that really matters is by God, the only honor that is lasting and is not is not uh, changeable is the honor that we will receive in heaven. And on this earth, sometimes people, some people will honor you, others will dishonor you, but sometimes the same people will honor you on one occasion and then turn around to dishonor you on another. So just get ready for it. The foibles of honor. Number two, similar, but moving in a slightly different direction, the shallowness of human opinion the things that people say about you. Some will commend you, some will condemn you, and on it goes. That's just the way it is. Get ready for it. Get used to it. That's the way things go. And then number three, we have what we might call the misconception of critics. By honor and dishonor, number one. By evil report and good report, number two. Number three, as deceivers... And yet true. Now, that's puzzling, but of course, these are all puzzling. They're paradoxes. But what is Paul talking about there? As deceivers and yet true. And I have called this the misconception of critics. Some thought Paul to be a deceiver, even as some thought Christ to be a deceiver. So, there's nothing here that a child of God experiences that our Savior didn't experience ahead of us. He he had the same thing. What do you find in John 7, 12? And there was such, or there was much rather complaining among the people concerning him, the him being Jesus. Some said, he is good. Others said, no, on the contrary, he deceives the people. Well, there it is. There it is thought by some to be deceivers, thought by others to be honorable and honest and reliable. 
But the fact of the matter is, with Christ, we don't have any trouble believing that anyone who thought he was a deceiver was 100% totally wrong. He was not. He was always true. But he was thought by some to be a deceiver. For a faithful minister of the gospel, the same thing can be said, it should be said, that he is honest and honorable, truthful, above board, not deceptive in any way, but some people are going to think he is, and others perhaps know better, but they're going to say it anyway in order to harm him if they can. So sometimes you never know. When people are accusing you of being a deceiver, is that really what they think, or is that just what they're saying in order to hurt your influence upon others? They don't want you to be influential in the lives of other people, and so they accuse you of being a deceiver. Now, that's tough. All of these are tough, but that's tough. A faithful Christian endeavors to be honest at all times, and probably one of the most hurtful things you can say about him or her is that they are a deceiver, because they know they're not. And that really hurts. For somebody who is a deceiver, who's somebody who who lives that way, somebody who's a perpetual liar, and there are people like that, I'm tempted to say most politicians seem to fit into that category, but I retract that statement. But at any rate, an awful lot of them do, no question about it. But at any rate, for a child of God, his honesty, his integrity, his his, uh, lack of deception is one of the traits that he values the most. And so, accuse me of anything but that. Accuse me of anything but being a deceiver. But that's the way it is. It's one of the liabilities of being a minister of the gospel. It's one of the liabilities of being a Christian who rubs the world the wrong way, that some people are going to accuse you of being a deceiver. The truth of the matter is that, unfortunately, there are ministers who are deceivers. It hasn't been too many months ago that we read in the news, at least I did, you may have, about a minister. I don't remember his name and I don't remember his location. It's kind of faded from memory now. But I do remember that he got in the news a couple or three weeks prior to what I'm going to say now. But prior to that, there was the astonishing episode when while he was preaching, somebody interrupted the service and stole expensive jewelry right off his person in in front of the congregation. He had expensive, expensive jewelry, and they took it. And so we saw that in the news, and we thought, well, that's unfortunate, but why was he wearing this expensive jewelry? Why was he, why was he doing that? Why, why was he flashing that stuff? That doesn't seem very very becoming to a minister of the gospel. And then it turned out, I think not more than three or four weeks later, he was arrested for fraud. He had been he had been stealing from members of his congregation. He had been deliberately 
leading them into schemes and making investments which he was skimming off. So he was a deceiver. He really was. That's what he was. He was a deceiver. He was a fraud. And he was, not completely surprisingly, one of these health and wealth preachers who preach that if you are if you trust the Lord, he wants you to be healthy and wealthy and live forever, you know. And so he was one of those, and he was, I guess, wearing this expensive jewelry to demonstrate that God was blessing him, God was honoring him, God was giving him this, that these things because of his faith in God, and and trying to make that a a demonstration for others that if you'll do the same thing, you'll be blessed in the same way. But he wasn't getting his riches from God. He was getting them from illegal deception of gullible people that he was tricking. And unfortunately, there are enough instances of that sort of thing to cause some people to draw the conclusion that all preachers are hypocrites. All preachers are deceivers. All preachers are only trying to bilk people out of their money. All preachers are only in it for what they can get out of it, which is not true and is very hurtful. And I'm sure in some cases, depending on who's hearing these charges, harmful. But that's part of it. By honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers, and yet, the truth of the matter is, true. As deceivers, as thought by some, and as slandered by some, but in reality, not deceivers at all, but actually true through and through. That was Paul. That was many faithful ministers, and that should be every follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.